All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr. And in front of me is my best friend in the world, Calvin McGowan. Calvin, go ahead and let the people hear your voice. Once again, everybody, I'm Calvin McGowan, as always. It's a pleasure. All right, guys, today we are running a two-man game, and we're just going to talk about all of the news in basketball. It does not matter if it's NBA, college basketball, WNBA, women's college basketball. It does not matter if they have an orange ball and it goes in a hoop and it happens in America. We're talking about it today. So we got a pretty fun show for you today, packed with WNBA super teams, Uh why I think the NBA podcast, NBA players doing podcasts is going to take away a lot of fun and mystery that we have in the league and the finishing problem that the Celtics have. Uh, before we get into that, we're going to talk about Jokic, KD, and Book going God mode for the past couple of days. Um, I just, I don't think I've ever seen, talking about KD and Book, Specifically, I don't think I've ever seen a pair of teammates get to their spots so efficiently in almost what seems like the different Nuggets are not playing defense on them. Because Devin Booker is getting to that left elbow every single time he wants. KD is getting that baseline fallaway jumper every single time he wants. And it doesn't matter, like, who is guarding them. And it's not like chumps are guarding them. They're getting hit on these plays. Like, I like Landell. I like Aaron Gordon. They play defense like brawlers. They're trying to hit you in your chest first and then worry about you getting the ball. Like, it's very entertaining. And he's, bro, you know Devin Booker has missed nine shots over two games? That's it? That's it. He went 14 for 18 last night. Had 36. You know how... You know how efficient you got to be to have 36 on 18 shots? And you not get into the free throw line for real? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at these stat lines are kind of wild. They're, they're ridiculous. <clears throat> I'll go I'll go on wax saying this. After the first two games of the series, I was looking at KD like, oh, I'm watching my man age in front of my eyes like very poorly like he looked slow like a, like a half step slow where it's like okay this he just he's not scoring as efficiently he's not doing exactly what i'm used to him doing and that's not been the case maybe they just got to take a few games to adjust every time they get into a new series but uh when the songs are locked in they're special bro um shout out to deandre Aiden. he tried he tried really hard those first couple minutes till he picked up those fouls. Um, he's going to need to do more of that because Jokic's God mode might be just as scary only because I can't tell when it's happening. Like, you ever seen somebody try to speed up Jokic? I, I, I don't think so. The correct answer is all the time. That man just got one speed. Like they were, it was running him off, uh, like the three point line, and it's like you could tell he was sprinting for him, but it looked like an NBA jog. And his floater and touch are just ridiculous. That was the first night that I watched Jokic play and did not see like any highlight passes. He was just 
out there wanting to go get buckets. And I really appreciate that part of his game. Because, you know, that was like one of the biggest storylines coming into the playoffs. Can Jokic get a bucket whenever he wants? Yeah, his get a bucket whenever he wants just doesn't look like anybody else's get a bucket whenever they want in the league. Like, when you think Joel Embiid, we all know he's a seven foot two shooting guard wing at this point. But when you think about somebody that's seven foot two, 280 pounds, you think about a dude that can go to the block at any point and go get his shot off. That is Jokic. And the only difference is Jokic isn't doing this because he's like way stronger than anybody. He's not doing this because he's way more athletic or bigger. He's just really skilled with like some of the best hands I've ever seen in you know when they talk like the shot is supposed to be like straight he is fully extended on every single shot like I don't I don't think I've ever seen anything like that especially not on floaters I'm used to like a flick he's straight up there with it <clears throat> but yeah man that, that's my spell on them though them dudes. They're special. That is going to be the most entertaining series that we have. I don't care if you're a purple and gold fan. It's That's boring. That's boring. I'm going to tune in tonight, but it's boring. Oh, they are playing tonight. Sadly. Alright, so let's move on to our next subject. WNBA Super Teams. Okay. Um, so, of course, right? been catching up on you know some some other aspects some other parts of the basketball world because the playoffs don't excite me that much um and so you know looking back at the WNBA for the first time for real this season and it's just like they're kind of it looks on paper right it looks like they're kind of only two teams in the WNBA that matter, right? The Aces and the New York Liberty of all teams, um, right? The Aces return most of their championship team from last year and add Candace Parker because that's the thing they can apparently just do. Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile, the New York Liberty just kind of seemed to take several teams' best player and, and you know, th- threw them in there with an SQ. An SQ? Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Okay, I'm like, it's been forever since I've had to, like, say the name. Cause the Liberty have kind of sucked the last while. Um, i say most of the time they've been a WNBA team. <laughs> Let so. me be polite. <laughs> right. So now Sabrina Inescu is being paired with, you know, John Quell Jones and Brianna Stewart, as well as Courtney Vandersloot. Like, just, just a sudden influx of talent. It's, they're kind of the only two teams that matter. I'm not saying nobody else could possibly win, but, like, the, their odds don't look good. Like, it, they just don't. Right? The, so, you know, barring some wild stuff or some truly inept coaching, it kind of looks like it'll probably just be a little Liberty Aces title game and, like, the rest is academic. 
One thing that I love about both these rosters, because we didn't really talk too much about, did we talk about who, who's all on the Aces? Uh, no, we didn't get in that too much, right? I, I mentioned they, they returned most of their team from last year, right? They, they returned Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, uh, Asia Wilson, Jackie Young, right? Like, most of their main folks are still here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then they add a legend because, yeah, I guess. I think the best thing about the roster bill for both of them, for people who do not follow the league, and I want y'all to remember when I first started in this reporting game, my first opportunity was covering the WNBA. So I can say this without seeming like an awful person. At that time, when you looked at WNBA rosters, unless you really followed women's college basketball, you probably only recognized three names. You look at these rosters, and they're like five to eight names deep. Like, Dee Richards playing for the, uh, the Liberty. Hopefully you know who that is. Stephanie Dawson has been a name that we we hopefully you guys recognize. Hanzu, hopefully they have a lot of uh, NBA, I mean WNBA games on TV, so we can see how tall she actually is compared to the rest of these uh, ladies. Cause she's six ten. Like it's it's gonna it's gonna look really weird on TV. I can't wait for that to happen. And uh, <clears throat> and then we there's just a ton of talent on these two teams that make it kind of ridiculous. And I'm gonna go ahead and say this because um, what we just saw from the LSU-Iowa game, you guys are gonna make this about race. So I'm gonna go ahead and jump out in front of it. And it, we know the people who are gonna do it. This is basically a all black team versus a team whose best players are legendary white players. Do not mess this up when we get to championship time. Just enjoy the basketball, because it will be really, really fun. And unlike the college game, we get to see this in a full series. Please do not make me regurgitate all of your stupid talking points if you decide to have stupid talking points. I'd prefer to just talk about basketball, but I also like making fun of you people for being dumb. So enjoy the game. We do not get this all of the time. We are probably going to watch some of the best basketball that we will see all year. Enjoy it, please, please. All right. Now on to a you know slightly lower level of competition, right? The college game. Um, so LSU, much like the Liberty, has also seemed to have gotten in the habit of taking other teams' best players, right? They have added uh, what Van Lathe out of uh, Louisville, and dang it, why can't I remember that girl's name now? Oh, the other transfer? Yeah. Like, she played at DePaul. She was, 
I, like I remember her st- like she averaged like twenty five and twelve. What? Yeah. We we got to do a better job. Of like talking. she was an all American. I'm pretty sure. Um. Right, and she's and like both of them are about to be in L- at LSU next, like this coming season. Um, which is wild. Um, it's it's unfair to most teams. Um, you know, luckily South Carolina still. Actually, that's going to be a really fun game. It will, and we get it at least two times next year. Like it's it, like that South Carolina LSU game is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, and. Uh... The young lady that transferred over from DePaul, her name was Anissa Moreau. Thank you. I don't know why I drew a blank. Um, the lights is on you. It's okay. It happens. It happens to the best of us. Wow. Okay. Um, and of course, right, you know, the transfer portal, they're not the only team that, you know, has added players. South Carolina has added some players that can shoot to a team full of. All Americans, like McDonald's All Americans, um, and you know, shooting was kind of their entire issue last season. Um, what did they shot? They might have shot thirty three percent on the season. Um, the, the fact they couldn't shoot was the entire reason they they lost to to Iowa. Yeah. Um, so. You know, there's that, of course. They're bringing in whatever new talent uh, they picked up uh, recruiting this year. And, like, I, I don't even question Don Staley. There's no point. Like, you already know. There's My understanding, there's one who I think is ranked 13th who she's really high on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be fun, almost certainly. Um, Lauren Betts went to UCLA. Yeah. Um, which... Will probably probably work out just fine for her. I yeah, we'll see. Like she didn't get much playing time at Stanford because you, like like we we knew who was in front of her. Brinks and uh well I guess Jones probably wasn't eating up a lot of that particular playing time. But yeah. Man, well, um, why would you leave the you know both of them are graduating or going to the league? I, mm-hmm. It's yours. It's yours next year. Actually, I think Brinks came back. She did? I, I think so. I could be wrong. Twin Towers. Come on now. They need a... Let me get out my GM mode. Keep going. <laughs> um, right. And, of course, UCLA already had, um, you know, Kiki Rice, who had a good, who had a good freshman year. Um, like Gabriela Jaquez. Mm. You know, well... But I also want to think was pretty solid, will be better. And, you know, a number of other players who just don't have the name recognition for me personally at the moment. Um, but Ellis, I mean, not LSU. LSU will be fun, but UCLA will be fun. Yeah. Um, and Stanford is Stanford. UConn is UConn. Hopefully, right there, two super talented um, guards can stay healthy at the same time for once. Um, because 
you know, that would be wild. They would basically be the best backcourt. They probably the best backcourt in college ball, right? You like Fudd and uh, Beckers. Mm. Like if they're like if they if they're both healthy at the same time, which we haven't gotten to see a lot of, unfortunately. Yeah, we really need one of those because it's going to be entertaining. Those are those are literally two of my favorite high school basketball players in the last like ten years. Like Ozzy's really mean. He's just gonna talk a lot of trash. Can't wait. Um. I guess that's most of what I have for women's college ball at the moment. Okay. Uh, well, guys, we're going to get into something that is, uh, you know, I like this word. I'm pretty sure I'm using it wrong. Less scrupulous. Uh, this has no importance. This is solely a thing that I am beginning not to like with uh, NBA podcasters. Uh one, Draymond Green is the hardest working man on a microphone right now. This man is basically doing like live post game reactions where, like, as soon as the ball drops, he's already on the mic talking about stuff, which is entertaining. But I just watched the game, Draymond. I don't need you to break it down for me. Uh, somebody might, but not me in particular. Um, but one of the more mystical moments that we've had in the NBA over the last 10 seasons was Jimmy Butler going crazy with the third stringers um, in Minnesota to beat their starters and all the debacle that came with that. Jeff T recently hopped on a podcast. I don't know if it's his own podcast. I didn't do enough research. I just watched a five-minute clip where he explained exactly what happened in the practice, which is nice. It is. Very entertaining story. I kind of like Jeff T as an orator. I'm here for more spicy stuff that he got for the rest of his career. He was in some interesting places. Then, well, actually today, Carl Anthony Towns hopped on the podcast with Paul George and talked about the same situation. Now, there wasn't a ton of discrepancy between their stories. Carl Anthony Town is definitely not a better storyteller than Jeff Teague. So, even if what he said is true, I do not care because Jeff Teague's story and Jimmy Butler's story is much funnier. I'm always going to go with the funnier story so I can get my laugh on the issue with that is leaving us to believe whatever crazy reports came from that Jimmy Butler game is way more entertaining than Carl Anthony Towns' truth. Like, it's good to know that they don't have no beef and everything is good, but I liked it better when Jimmy Butler was definitely enemy number one for Minnesota fans. I'm, I'm sorry that it might make Jimmy Butler's life tougher, but it's more entertaining. Unless you're going to hop on the mic and lie a little bit so we can get some spicier stories, shut up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care about the truth. It's not going to lead to nobody fighting. And if they do fight, you're probably not going to get on the podcast and talk about it. That is a story that we need. I know more people than got punched in the face than Jordan Poole. No offense, 
But that's just historically speaking, we talked about 5,000 of the most competitive people on earth at a given time. We don't have more stories. We got that in Steve Kerr. Oh, and Kobe. Kobe getting beast up. Outside of that, but that wasn't even in practice. We saw it. <laughs> like you could Google it. But the issue is going to be them telling the truth. And I don't, unless you're like a really good storyteller that's going to sprinkle in some lies, I don't want it. I don't want it. I want my story 60, 60% true, 10% razzle-dazzle, 30% lies. I feel like that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good mix. Only 60% true? Bro, it's sports. I don't care. <laughs> this, this, this isn't going to change, like, government policy for the most part. Like, you can you can tell me that every single day, Jokic just passes people cupcakes in practice. It's not as entertaining as a story, but it's it's better than hearing, like, what he actually, actually, no, I kind of want to know what he does. His footwork is incredible. I would like to, I would like to steal things. Um, so I used a bad example, but... Stop getting on these podcasts telling us the truth, NBA players. We don't care. We already look up to you, and there's tons of little kids that honestly do not care about the truth. We here for entertainment. You know, I know y'all want to take over the new space and be like, hey, this is our truth. They've been telling you lies for years. Shut up. Lies will always be more entertaining than the truth in sports. Like, what if, what if Will Chamberlain didn't actually score 100 points? What if he just scored 99 and I was like, you know what's better than 99 points? A round number. Let's go with 100. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. That's a little bit more interesting than, than the truth as it exists. Like, yeah, let's just, let's, just, let's just let him round this one up. See? A lot of me, baby. That's all I ask. I'm not asking for a lot. Just if something crazy happened, turn it up a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. And we're going to wrap this up in the most professional way that we can by talking about how poorly the Celtics finish games. I don't get it at this point. It's kind of like elite level AAU. And I'm not saying nothing about how Joe Mazzulla coaches. I understand a lot of people get on him for not using the timeouts. Not a big timeout fan myself. But the Celtics almost looked unprepared for last second moments, or at least like the last two minutes. So either they're not going over in practice, or there's a bunch of Dudes who in their head are like, I'm the alpha. We're going to go through me. <clears throat> and if that's the case, I need to hear more of their practice stories. I know theirs are going to be fun. Very entertaining. You mean Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum don't have some, like, going back and forth with each other stories? I, I know they went one-on-ones, especially when they were younger, were awful. That's besides the point. How in the world is Marcus Smart taking your last shot? And I get it. I watched the game. They made it really, really tough for Jason Tatum to get the ball. Even when he was coming off screens and dribble handoffs, he was getting hit. 
Jason Tatum, get in the weight room, please. I know you're bigger than what you came in as, but you still have no muscle definition. It's very confusing. Um, so since we're on the topic, Devin Booker, you too. You, you, you look like a normal human out there. Thank God you're tall. But getting back to the Celtics, I need you all to figure something out. And luckily, I have a suggestion for you. I don't care if you take it, but if I'm right, I'm going to be on your head for the rest of my life. I don't care who's on the roster. I don't care who's coaching. I'm going to get at you. The answer to last second offense is not Jason Tatum. It has never been Jason Tatum. Yes, Jason Tatum specializes in taking tough shots. I also need you to understand how long it takes Jason Tatum to get into those tough shots. He is not your last second guy. The person who I would much rather see in isolation is, why am I butchering, Mr. Brown. I would much rather see Mr. Brown with five seconds left in isolation than Jason Tatum. He's just going to make the offense tougher. And here's the thing. I don't think Jalen Brown is better than Jason Tatum. I think he is a more decisive scorer than Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's moves seem kind of thought out. Like he already planned what he was going to do before he actually got into it. Does not make adjustments extremely well. Jalen Brown, on the other hand, really seems like he's just hooping. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, if you give him the ball, he's like, okay, I can make something happen here. It doesn't matter what it is. He's probably going to do a couple things a little different each time. And I feel like that's what you need when you have 10 seconds on the clock and you need a bucket. And he's not selfish enough where he feels like he needs to take the shot. I think he will pass it. And even if he doesn't, we got somebody to blame. Versus looking at Marcus Smart, where we're all like, I know he got better as a three-point shooter, but I also don't want him taking that with like two seconds left. Because uh, the pass that they got out of it was funny because Jason Tatum was in a tough situation. Uh, guys, this could all be simple. I assume I've never played an actual NBA game. Um, it's always it's always simple hard. and easier, different though. You got a point. You got a point. Uh, I hope y'all figure this out because if you don't, you're probably going to lose in the finals again or the Eastern Conference Finals. But if you lose in the Eastern Conference Finals to the teams that's coming out to that other side of the bracket, if y'all thought y'all used to get talked about breaking up them two, they're coming back, baby. They coming back. They're not really like deserved because how young those two are. Like when they finally hit 27, 28, 29, that's probably going to be the best wing tandem in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? That's three, four years from now. So I think Brown is 26. He's 26. Tatum's only like 24 though. He's only. Well, He's like, yeah, he's... Let me double check. That window's closing, baby. 
I know, I know dudes playing to like, uh, some dudes is playing to like 30, like late 30s, early 40s. I mean, if anything, their, their window would just be opening up for real. Here, here's my thing with windows. If your window, is, let's say your window is open for five years and you waste three of those years, then your window is actually just two years. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, fairness in our discussions, we talked about when windows open, not so much when they close. Um, so I wouldn't really know when it would close. Correction, Tatum is 25. Tatum's 25? Yeah, he turned 25 in March. Oh, so... Yeah, yeah. They're still young enough for you keep them together, but Brown is going to be on his third contract pretty soon. You trying to get that man another max? I mean, so my basic question would always be with Brown or anyone else is just like, okay, right? You don't want to keep them together. Cool. But if you trade them, who are you going to get that's better? What collective? Return? Are you gonna get bets? Equi- like legitimately equivalent to or better than him? Like in res- from a results perspective. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. If they trade one of them, the package is either. If they trade one of them, we know it's gonna be Brown. Let's not pretend. I yeah. mean, we don't need to pretend about that. So if they trade Brown, one Brown is gonna become a multiple All Star with the rest of his uh the time that he has. Two. You kind of have to blow it up unless you get like some like dudes that are like right on the cusp. Like, I know this isn't like an equal trade of any sense, but if you can get Jalen Brown for like Anthony Edwards, you make the deal. Anthony Edwards in a couple years while Jason Tatum is still in his window is going to be that elite second, maybe even first option for you. But is he going to be better than Brown currently is? I think he'll be better than Brown in a year and a half. Well, look, what I, what I saw out of that dude in the playoffs, he got it, bro. He got it. Mm-hmm. He got it. I saw it. He, he does the little things. He just... You can tell he's—it's a mixture of telling that he's still a kid, and a mixture of being like, "Oh, there's no vet on this team to kind of like tell him how to do things." And the person who is on the team that's supposed to be a vet has no idea what he's doing either. So, wait, who's who's the vet supposed to be? Gobert, kitty cat. And then look, and if we want to go with Gobert. We, They they telling that man to block shots. They not listening to him. <laughs> like I, hmm. I guess the most experience. They did they did get Conley. I think right around the trade deadline. I think. Right. So it's either Conley or Slow Mo who has the most playoff experience between those two. Probably Conley. Yeah. But no offense to you, boy Conley. I know you love him. 
he almost washed. And his job was never the same job that Anthony Edwards is going to have to step into. No, but, like, I think, from, like, if, if you're just trying to get somebody to be kind of like a mentor or whatever, he's as good as any. Unless you're going to get, like, LeBron or something. Because let's be real, right? The, the position that Edwards is going to find himself in here shortly, like, all, you know, all going well and whatever, isn't a spot too many other dudes in the league have had, and certainly not dudes who are much in the mind to mentor people at the mm-hmm. moment. Like, you'd have to be very specific and, like, so, yeah. You have a point. I think if if Anthony Edwards was more of a point guard, then yes. Mike Conley is the perfect person that you probably want. He's the person you want to teach him how to be a professional. But as far as being a superstar, I don't know. I don't know. He's going he to have to hit up. I would like to see him hit up Kawhi. I know Kawhi not going to say nothing to him the entire time that they work it out together. I can see Anthony Edwards being an elite defender in, at the bare minimum, a dude that you don't want defending you in the last three minutes. Like, that's what he showed me in the last bit of that playoffs. And, um, you know, if the Celtics had more dudes that were willing to fight like Anthony Edwards did, I guess I can't even say that because they just have no idea what they're doing on the offensive end. It's... It's, it's actually a pretty rudimentary offense now that I think about it. Well, not my favorite team. Don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you guys do end up using my suggestion, uh, my cash app will be in the description below. Uh, I need at least I need at least two G's. I know how much money I got over in that uh, that Celtics organization. But uh, Calvin, if you don't have anything else to add, my boy, I think we are about out of here. All right. Um, once again, everybody, I'm Calvin McGowan. As always, it's been a pleasure. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're joining us on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, put something in the comments. Um, enjoy the rest of your week, and hopefully, your favorite team isn't out of the playoffs already. Yeah. And I've been your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr. And if your team is out of the playoffs, relax. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to worry about. <laughs>